Okay. Today, today's date is February 4th, 2024. We are reading from the big book of AA, page 95 from top to bottom. Lori will be our reader, followed by a 20-minute share by Anna A. Lori, will you please read? Hello, family. Love you all. Unless your friend wants to talk further about himself, do not wear out your welcome. Give him a chance to think it over. If you do stay, let him steer the conversation in any direction he likes. Sometimes a new man is anxious to proceed at once, and you may be tempted to let him do so. This is sometimes a mistake. If he has trouble later, he's likely to say you rushed him. You will be the most successful of alcoholics if you do not exhibit any passion for crusader reform. Never talk down to an alcoholic from any moral or spiritual hilltop. Simply lay out the kit of spiritual tools for his inspection. Show him how they worked with you. Offer him friendship and fellowship. Tell him that if he wants to get well, you will do anything to help. If he is not interested in your solution, he expects you'll to act only as a banker for his financial difficulties or a nurse for his sprees, you may have to drop him until he changes his mind. This he may do after he gets hurt some more. If he is sincerely interested and wants to see you again, ask him to read this book in the interval. After doing that, he must decide for himself whether he wants to go on. He should not be pushed or prodded by you, his wife, or his friends. If he is to find God, the desire must come from within. If he thinks he can do the job in some other way or prefers some other spiritual approach, encourage him to follow his own conscience. We have no monopoly on God. We merely have an approach that worked with us. But point out that we alcoholics have much in common and that you would like in any case to be friendly. Let it go at that. Thanks, Lori. Lori read all of page 95. And now we will have Anna A. share on this page. Anna, will you please share? Yes, thank you. Good morning, everyone. Um, I just want to stop briefly to share some gratitude because we are here together. I was traveling yesterday for work and I went to the border and I saw some kids in Texas hurt by the fences the governor set on the border. And I just want to be grateful that we are here together that we are at peace, that we are not fighting to be reunited with our families. I'm grateful that we are working and have the luxury of being focused at this moment in our spiritual life without worrying about shelter, food, passports, borders. Um. Yes, so I am Anna A. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater for today. Some of you have heard me sharing in this meeting, so I don't I won't share all my experience with the food, but in about the page we just read, I am from Mexico City. I am um a compulsive overeater of the hopeless variety. I didn't go to a barn to wait for my death, like the story of that man in the big book. I was killing myself slowly with the food and with my obsessive thinking. I hated myself because I couldn't stop eating. I felt that my lack of power was a sign of weakness, a lack of lack of character. I beat myself up after every binge and then over-exercising and then restricting. 
losing the weight, gaining it back over and over, over in an endless painful cycle until I found you, thank God, and I got a life outside this misery. So what we have read is about 12 steps. So I, I will focus my share on this step and in the process. Um, and this like this is an ongoing process along our recovery, and we have to continue practicing it. Um, so when when we finish the steps, we have to turn our lives to service. And after having a spiritual awakening as a result of the steps, we are equipped to share with others the transformation we have experienced. And to me, this is an act of love and gratitude. It is a commitment to share with others what has given to me, has been given to me so freely, as the big book says too. We need to realize that in every mom, in every meeting, sponsors and sponsees are showing up to keep this fellowship alive. That constant presence has saved our lives, and that is part of our service. It doesn't matter if you are a newcomer or an old one. We are all here because we need this fellowship. Turning your camera on, coming, sharing, and staying is a life best for all of us. How come every Sunday I join on Zoom at this hour and I know you are here? I do it automatically and I shouldn't take it for granted. I have found so much love in these rooms. In the hardest moments of my life, there has always been a fellow walking with me. Most of them I have never seen in my life. Some of them not even on Zoom, just by phone. I only recognize their voices. I have shared with them and they have shared with me the most painful and joyful stories of our lives. And I find in that trust acts of love. The reading says, never talk down from any hilltop. Simply lay down the kit of spiritual tools. What happens out of program or in the rooms? What happens when someone tries to lecture us? When someone is trying to teach us a lesson, we protect ourselves, right? We armor ourselves and resist. And that is exactly what the person who is lecturing us is doing too. It's not speaking from the heart. It's speaking from the distance, from a space where they are not vulnerable, from a space where they are all done with the word. This is also an armor. They are closed and armor. It's not, there is no entrance. One of the hardest things in life is to have an open heart and a strong back. This is a phrase I learned out of the rooms um, from a social worker that is very famous. I can share more references on that if needed. We have, when we have an open heart, we are vulnerable. We lay out the program to the newcomer and in an honest way from the painful experience we have gone through to the spiritual life we have achieved. As the big book says, we just lay out what we have learned. We share our experience. There is nothing more effective than sharing our experiences and lives as compulsive overeaters. Because after we have done the steps, we are grounded. Our backbone is strong and solid. 
And that allows us to be open to do service. We can open our hearts to share our lives, our lows, our very lows, and our recovery. Our strong back is helping us to stay strong, connected, and aligned with our higher power. Our strong back has the learning experience of the steps and the connection with God. It keeps us standing. It gives us the strength to open up. Let's remember that the reading says, he should not be pushed by you. The work we do comes from us to the people or person we have in front of us. We just lay out, share, give, offer. These are active verbs. We are actively listening to our fellow in program. We are not listening, taking notes and judging, waiting for the moment to speak and say, you are doing this wrong, or this is how it should be done. Or when I was in your position, I did this or that. We need a back, a strong back to be vulnerable and just listen with compassion. When I'm practicing step 12, I can share how I found a new meaning in my life. The big book uh, lays out the instructions, but we choose our paths. We need to find our own ways. When sponsoring a person, we are walking the path again. We are walking together in communion. At, at the middle of, of the page we just read, it says that if he is to find God, the desire must come within. We can't impose a conception of God. That's not our role. We are not explaining rules to a achievement. This is not a self-help uh, book. This is a transformative process. Why? Because we are changing our lives within. The change comes from inside. It's not... Um, outside discipline, outside routine. Yes, we have steps. We, we practice uh, abstinence. We cook. We prepare. We do practical stuff. But the way we find God comes within, from within. And we cannot impose to anyone how we achieve that or how it is, how higher power needs to be for everyone. We all have a connection with a higher power. We all have God. It is covered with food. It is covered with obsessive thinking. It is covered with self trying to control outcomes. When we, when we remove those layers, we can feel the connection. Um, the beauty of, of the process is that we walk together the journey, but the spiritual awakening is individual. I, when we are with a fellow or a sponsee, I say, I am here with you, not to show you, but to open your heart to this new experience, to help, to help you open your eyes and heart. I heard some time ago, um, a Buddhist monk saying that the only way out is in, and I love it. And I, I use it all the time because I think for us as compulsive overeaters, the only way out is in. And it's hard. It's hard to see inside and within. 
Um, and walking the steps with someone, by the way, it is, isn't it nice that they are called steps because we walk them and it's one by one. Um, so the only way out is in relates to the own conception of God because we need to explore. We need to search inside the spiritual strength. We have forgotten because it was covered, as I said, with food and obsessive behaviors and thinking. But the reading says we should not be pushed. We have no monopoly of God. And um, I remember Kim saying many times, the worst place to be is abstinent without God, feeling your feelings without God. And that's why when we are doing, when we are on step 12, we are together with our fellow, with our sponsee, just being together, helping, just sitting there or listening to them while they are feeling their feelings. Because in that exploring is when we open, in that desperation is when we open up and let God in. Um, so the book says that we um, have much in common and we would like to be friendly with the newcomer or our sponsee. It also says offer friendship and fellowship. I, I would say that every case is different. Some sponsees are introverts and it's hard for them to share. Some of them are very talkative. I have had sponsees that it's been very difficult to find that common ground because they it's hard for them to open up. And I just need to be patient. I just need to sit and stay with the discomfort of the silence. And there are also some others who like to talk and talk and talk because that's also a, an armor to cover the pain behind that. And I also have to wait and listen. We have to help them see themselves because we are a mirror of their lives, but we are also the mirror of the possibility of change. We can't judge them. We are full acceptance. Why, why do I like this metaphor of the mirror? Because uh, we are and we will be compulsive overeaters. And we can mirror ourselves in the stories we hear from our fellows and our sponsees. Uh, we see their journey, but we don't compare ourselves. We have to remember that this is a process where God needs us to be present in acceptance and God's presence manifests in love. How, how long do I have? I'm sorry, I'm not timing myself. Is anyone? Uh, let's see, you have about five minutes or so. Okay, okay. I tend to write a lot and then I don't have time. So thank you. Mm -hmm. um, so I was saying that we can judge, we need to be in full acceptance. And, and the metaphor of the mirror lets me uh, explain that I see myself in them and they see themselves in me. If I go back to that sentence that says that we can't be from a hilltop pointing the finger and sharing from a superior position, um, that's devastating for a newcomer or for a sponsee. We are equals because we have also been devastated by this disease. 
we were in the process of dying. Thank God we found this solution. But our fellows and sponsees will close themselves if we take that perspective. Um, we cannot take that emotional distance. That's why, as I said, we need a strong back and an open heart. Uh, we need to bring them close to let them know they deserve love and they are loved. As I feel when I am in these rooms, sometimes when I'm doing my 11th step in the morning and I'm meditating, when I go to the process of praying, I think of all the fellows who have been with me in my journey. And I'm so grateful. So grateful when they call. Sometimes I'm overwhelmed or I'm busy with life and they just call and they just pull me out of my head. And it's beautiful. It's I'm so grateful that they think of me. And when I'm praying and meditating, I think of them too. I have received so much love. And this is this is the love that we have to bring to the rooms or when we are talking with a sponsee. We have to be out there uh, to give. If we are judging and controlling, we are playing God, right? We can't let people express their feelings. We know that pain exists. We have gone through a lot of pain, all of us. And we have to practice compassion, as I said before. Yes, self-pity exists. Yes, we like to be in the self-pity and having self-pity parties is comforting. But we need strong sponsors that can be gentle but firm. When telling us uh, that we are in self-pity, there is a thin line that we have to measure carefully. And that's why I say every case is different. We cannot generalize when sponsoring someone. And I would say practicing compassion with boundaries, it's, it's, it's something we have to be exercising constantly because we can acknowledge the pain someone is going through without letting them go to the self-pity because we know how pain feels and we can be present with them, feeling it, feeling it letting them express themselves. And then we can go with them through the steps, telling them that there is a way out of that misery. There is a way out of the suffering because we do have a solution, one solution for all our problems. And if we go back to God and we show them how we found God, they can go there. We can, we can go with them to that space of love so they can move from the suffering to the love, from the fear to the faith without neglecting the suffering. I think um, I have walked away sometimes from the rooms when I feel judged, when I feel there is no space for me, for, for my own pain, like nobody wants to hold it with me. And I... When someone, when a fellow receives it and listens to it and acknowledge my pain, I feel company. I feel that they are keeping me company, but they are also telling me, hey, there is a way out. I listen to you. I feel you, but there is a way out. And this is how I work this. When I went through, when I went through the same experience as you, this is what I did. And I listen and I'm open. 
And then I move from that fear and self-pity to the love, as I said. And I think my time's up. Um, and thank you, and I'll and I'll pass.